0: Hey, y'all. As I said, this is a teaser for Ride Home Plus content. If you'd like to have immediate access to all Ride Home Plus bonus content, you know what to do. Go to tech.supercast.tech. You can do it right inside your podcast app. And there's a link in the show notes. Enjoy. Welcome to another Office Hours episode of the Tech Meme Ride Home. I'm Brian McCullough. Today we have a VC legend, Chris Fralick of First Round Capital, who was involved in funding such companies as Ring, Hotel Tonight, Warby Parker, Rec Room, and as you're about to hear, Roblox. But in addition to being a legend, as you'll hear, Chris is just an all-around good dude. Chris, uh, I, I... I love you i like to think of you as a friend um so i always follow what you have to say on twitter and i sort of knew that you uh at first round were involved in in roblox but then you shared a great story about you uh your personal um investment and and history with roblox so as much as you'd like to share just tell us that story just go
1: sure well thanks brian good to be here and appreciate all the work you've done uh and and glad you asked me to be on so The Roblox story is an interesting one from a couple perspectives. One is uh, my son helped us (laughs) land this deal, or at least know know to be, you know, inform us to be interested that this is a really good game. He, he wouldn't stop playing. Once I asked him to check it out as we were considering the company. And uh, you know, so that's been, that's been an unfair advantage. I think how many, how many years ago? So it started in 2007 when he was eight years old,
0: that, right? Okay.
1: And, uh, and you know, the other unique element of it is that we even after first meeting Dave and taking a first look at it for, you know, for a few reasons, including it seemed a little expensive for us at the time we decided to pass, but, uh, fortunately did it in a way that, uh, didn't alienate Dave Bazuki the CEO, and because my son kept playing we kept in touch and i would go visit him on trips to california and and you know give him feedback and he would update me on how the business was progressing and uh we we were fortunate to get another pass uh another you know another opportunity to invest which we took um in uh 2008 and then we you know later later followed up and and uh and led a later investment round and got a meaningful ownership position, and it was fantastic and almost surreal. Two weeks ago today, to uh, you know, I, I, you know, in the time of COVID, going public isn't as public of an event as it used to be. Dave Bazuki was almost by himself ringing the bell at the New York Stock Exchange, but it was cool. I was, I was able to drive up from philadelphia where i live and you know wait in front of the the new york stock exchange with um the the little statue of the fearless girl right in front of me the big roblox banner in front of the you know the institution of the new york stock exchange and then dave pulled up uh in order to go in and be on cnbc and then ring the bell and i was able to give him a give him a wave and and wish him luck and say thanks i just you know, honor the thing that he has built and he and the team, and then, you know, drove back home and watched him ring the bell by the time I got home. But it was just a cool thing to see that and what they've turned into when for much of their, their history was very slow growth, extremely, uh, remarkably under the radar. And, you know, most of the, for most of the years we were investors, I'd mention it to another investor and I'd say roadblocks It's say roadblocks. And they wouldn't know what it was and you know now now the the typical response is more like oh yeah my daughter plays roblox and-
0: or, or as i've been saying on the show it's it, I, it's one of the most buzzed about companies um in recent times in terms of people that i talk to I'd after say, having no buzz right exactly <laughs> i'd right. say maybe maybe stripe people are more fomo about you know but uh the um But you know, 2008. That's so long. That's like an entire different environment ago. And so, real quick, the question I would have with this is: I feel like, and and maybe I'm wrong about this, that traditionally U.S. VCs wouldn't, weren't crazy about gaming as an investment space, uh, versus the Chinese, which have thrown all sorts of money into buying every you know gaming company they can get their hands on. Number. Do you know why that is? If, if I'm wrong about that, please correct me. But if if I'm right, why do you think that's been? I, I think
1: there's certainly more Chinese investors that might be comfortable. I think, and and there there are a small number, but a growing number, I guess, in the U.S. that have had success and are focused on that on that category. I think <clears throat> from first round, <coughs> in our perspective, it was a little bit more of like a traditional gaming companies tend to be organized like studios, you tend to think of games as hit or miss. And, uh, Mm. and again, we've had some investments in that kind of a model and they haven't all worked out that I think what we recognized was different about Roblox was that it was, um, it wasn't one game it's multiple multiple games from across you know from all kinds of categories and and they're user generated like so that was always right on very much part of what was different and you know probably harder to pull off in terms of things that need to go right but once it does it's it's less vulnerable to becoming you know super cool than out of you know out of favor and out of mind and and again like back then we you know the things that were in vogue where things like club penguin was still a thing and Mm. webkins was a thing and and people were worried about you know we were thinking about what's lego gonna do with lego universe
0: um I, i mean heck that's probably slightly even before minecraft
1: right yeah it was before in fact i remember distinctly first hearing about minecraft and checking it out and downloading the beta and being a little bit freaked out that they, they looked and felt a lot like Roblox, and they kind of weren't on our radar. And I think I even, you know, wrote, you know, kind of a impassioned, you know, email to all the other, (laughs) other board members about, you know, this thing coming out of nowhere that is capturing all the, you know, all the oxygen and, and the, and the excitement of what we kind of, we kind of uh, started, right? I mean, it got it got way bigger than then Roblox much quicker. It was a quicker. It was acquired, you know, for a couple billion dollars by Microsoft, which was a huge amount of money, uh, any time, but especially back then. And then it's been amazing to watch Roblox climb up and exceed exceed Minecraft in a lot of the usage numbers years ago, and then just you know generally and being more, you know, broadly broadly understood and accepted.
0: Um, well. Amazing story. And, um, you know, I guess uh, it's also a different era. I think, you know, that that was my theory that either being a a hits based business that's not very scientific, so a lot of people don't want to get into it. But now that you can achieve such scale with it, that maybe that can change for people's thinking. Or it was just everyone remembers Noel Bushnell and and the first (laughs) video game bust, you know. So, uh, but all right, before we get to the the traditional questions, um, you're someone. Uh, that I have unique questions about, which is if anyone's ever been to the first uh, round offices in New York, you go in and in the lobby, there's sort of a uh, tech museum waiting for you, unless you've changed it uh, in recent years. Um, and you also, I've discovered over the years, have a bit of a tech museum in your house. Um, so tell me about this. Is there? Is this just pack rat? Is this just I'm a collector? Do you have any sort of... Uh, thesis for collecting tech gadgetry and things like that
1: yeah i um i've collected and have gadgets from decades ago when i used to work and sell computers and brett burson who's our partner in san francisco when we were rebuilding the san francisco office he asked me what, what can i pick out some items that might be cool to have around the office and and he sort of went on a hunting expedition on ebay and picked up a lot of cool things and i had an extra i think an original apple portable that i that i gave them and 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 it's always remarkable in san francisco office we did the same thing in new york and um and it's a thing i love I've, i've now joined the computer history museum i'm on the board there and know a lot of the people who are into collecting and you know it's 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 cool to have the objects, it's it's even more cold. I think have the stories and know about the people that are that are behind them. But I, I actually have a couple things that I'm, I'm up to show you. If you're awesome,
0: if, awesome. I was hoping. Okay. I didn't ask, but no. I was hoping. Yes.
1: So I was watching uh, your your Gary Tan uh, office hours, and and it was a really cool com- conversation about Star Trek versus Star Wars. Right. 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 We'll get
0: to the rapid awesome. fire eventually. Yeah. Go
1: on. Yeah. He gave this awesome answer about why it's you know, hands down Star Trek in his mind. But I, I got this a little while ago, which is pretty, pretty rare thing. I don't know if you can see it. So it's a, it's a cassette yep. version of Star Wars.
0: The game, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, For your Apple II, it loads, it's less than 16K, but on the flip side is Star Wars. So oh, like, wow. that, that's a, that's a cool rare item and an interesting medium. You don't know, you don't always see. Uh, other Apple related, but not Apple things. This is, do you know what this is? I'll ask you first. Do you have any idea?
0: Okay. It's, a, it's obviously a keypad input device, but for what? I couldn't tell you.
1: Uh, when Waz left Apple, he started a remote control company called Core. It's a basically a universal remote before that was even a concept. It was designed by Frog Design. And failed uh rumor would say in part because steve jobs got mad at the whole idea in the company uh, but there aren't many of them i would never seen one live before someone pointed it to me on ebay um and i'll show you one other little thing that i don't think i've shown anywhere before you know what that is
0: i'm guessing it's a motherboard or maybe it's old enough that that's not a motherboard that's maybe just a chip <laughs> Well, it's kind of close. It's kind of both. It's uh,
1: it's the company that Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak had, not a company. It's their business before Apple. It's right. Blue Box. That's it's the it's the uh, the chipset that plugged into a little keypad and a
0: to do phone freaking
1: for phone freaking, blue boxing, calling, making free long distance calls while you hack the phone system. They famously called the Vatican Vatican and pretended to be Henry Kissinger and almost got the Pope on the phone.
0: They were this close. I'm told. Do you, uh, do you have an Apple one? I? I don't, I have a replica. I have a replica mm-hmm. of an Apple one. I'm assuming you have an Apple two. I do. Yes.
1: I have an, an Apple two signed by Waz and refused to be signed by jobs. Uh,
0: what would you say the most valuable? And maybe that's a tough one because by dollar figure, I don't know if that matters, but maybe what do you think is like the most historically valuable thing that you get?
1: Um, I, the, the most unique thing might, might be that, that blue box I just showed you. I'm told yeah, there, yeah. there were only, you know, there's a small number of them made and maybe as little as 30 or 40. And I don't know how many are still in existence. But, uh, you know, I, some of the, I like some of the things that I have that are kind of one of a kind. Um, there's, a, there's a startup or a company called Mischief in Brooklyn near you. Do you know those guys? Uh, no. They do uh, almost performance art with drops of unique products, and once they they created a a laptop with uh, the seven most deadly viruses ever <laughs> created by man, and kind of sealed it off in a Toshiba laptop. And I have mm. a replica of that signed by all the the people that work at Mischief. So that's that's one okay. you you're careful not to plug that one in. I was
0: gonna say I, I feel like I've heard about that as a like a, a stunt, but <laughs> they did it. Yeah, they, they did it as a stunt. Um all right let's let's try to squeeze in some of these uh typical questions if we can um who's the best boss you ever had
1: uh that's pretty easy for me because i've been lucky to work with josh koppelman for um for, for a long time for for i've known him for almost 25 years and work with him since 1999 so 20 20- 22 years and, and, and in a startup where I I was, you know, working for him as a head of business development, half.com. And then the last 15 years working for him and partnering with him at at first round and, you know, watching and helping him build, build this uh, crazy idea of a seed sage uh, venture firm, which, there really were a small number of folks doing it mm-hmm. <laughs> professionally back uh, in 2005 or even four when when he and howard got it going when i joined and rob hayes joined in 06 if i'm getting the years right um it was there were still like one handful or two at the most of of firms that were professionally and full-time focused on seed stage investing and now there's hundreds or thousands it's it's a whole different landscape but uh, but josh's you know is just lives up to his great reputation and in terms of you know seeing seeing the future and building it and bringing great teams along with them to help do it
0: I feel like uh, we should reference the fact that there's a great uh, internet history podcast interview with Chris that you can look up that will tell you the whole half.com story and, and more of Chris's entire career, which we won't get into as much here, but uh, seek it out. Um, is there a quality that the most successful people you've worked with over the years have had in common?
1: Um, <clears throat> I, I would... Probably give two or a variation on one i think i think the worst quality that you avoid is any kind of hypocrisy or if you can't trust or believe what someone what someone says and so uh, integrity and doing what you say you're going to do like those are those are super core uh, values to me i think I used to think of it just in terms of sales people skills and traits you'd want to see but i think it's more broad uh is probably empathy i would say is the is the character or the trait that is super important to be able to have a sense of what you know of being in the other person's shoes working you know once you're in that headspace to be able to work on a common solution together and you know the best salespeople, business development people you know even leaders i think generally um, tend to have that that quality and you don't hear it talked about that often
0: is there something that you think you're better at than anyone else in the world
1: Uh, I don't, I don't think, so. I don't, I don't know if there's anything, maybe. maybe no, if you, no, uh, but, by the way, no
0: is a fair answer to yeah, that question. I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: I, I can't name one thing, but I think I have a unique combination of things. So, um, you know, I think <clears throat> like, like one example is I, I come out of a business background in college and I was selling computers, but I would tend to know more about how they worked than other people who were just selling computers, like they could have been selling typewriters or paper or, you know, anything else. I, I, I truly always loved the thing that I did and knew about it. And, you know, so when I, you know, eventually started getting into startups, I was raising capital and I was doing deals and I was having successes and I was having failures. Like I, I kind of lived part of the startup life, not being an actual founder and entrepreneur myself. I've joined you know I, I you know i've joined three different companies when when i was the fifth employee more or less and so that you know i have a good understanding of what that's like and i think that's translated into how i've been able to work with um with you know and partner with the 75 companies that i led when i was actively investing over the course of my first round career. And again, one one thing that I don't know if it's if it's a record, or it's unique, but you know, of, um, you know, an investor has to see a company or an opportunity has to decide to invest, and then has to win the deal, right. So that's sort of the third element of it. And in my, in my history of 75 investments, uh, I only lost one, it was only one One investment, you know, one company that we wanted to invest in that I was point on where we put in a term sheet and wanted to make an offer and they didn't accept it. So, uh, I I think I was pretty good at selling first round and myself and getting into virtually every deal that we wanted to get into, which, you know, um, you know, a, a lot, a lot of investors get through the first two parts and then there's
0: Visit collide.com slash ride to watch a demo and see how it all works. That's k o l i d e dot com slash ride, collide.com slash ride. I'm going to a big AI startup demo day here in the city tomorrow, and I will 100% be decked out in Mac Weldon clothing. Why? Well, Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Breathable underwear that keeps you cool, dry, and comfy all day, that's their air knit underwear. Crazy, comfortable, but elevated sweatpants, the Ace Collection, an upgraded classic Polo with antimicrobial silver threads, the silver peak polo, that's my personal fave, and ultra soft antimicrobial tees for when you need to stay fresh longer. Their silver crewneck t shirt. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mac Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code RIDE. That's M A C K W E L D O N.com, promo code RIDE. Um, if you could pick one, uh, what would you say is the number one way that you see founders screw up their startups?
1: Um, I, you know, the, 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 simplest is running out of money. That's kind of an obvious one, I guess. Well,
0: that's forced upon um, you. Maybe yeah, well, sometimes. Well,
1: Yeah it's less obvious i think what's more subtle about that is is companies tend to spend as much money as they raise in 24 months more or less no matter how much they raise you know um and that's 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 controllable and that's Mm -hmm. definitely uh definitely problematic um i i would also say like generally it ends up being more self-inflicted wounds that kill them than any direct competitor um, you know, I think, I think in fact, companies often spend too much time just focused on everything that's happening out in the marketplace and not, and not enough on what they can control and what they're doing, uh, inside their own, their own walls.
0: Uh, these three are, they seem like they're similar, but, uh, uh-huh. if you, there's, there's a subtle difference in these next three. So the, the first one would be, um, what do you think is the most overrated or played out narrative in, in tech right now and narrative more than uh you know technology or trend or something specifically narrative
1: uh, I, I don't know if this qualifies or you think like i think spacs are interesting but way there, there's too much too fast like you just know there's going to be some negative negative outcomes and bad behaviors incentivized even though just the concept of having more public companies is a good thing and um yeah i just think i think we need to go from find a good medium between you know we have half the number of public companies that we did decades ago to having hundreds of SPACs roll out you know every few weeks or months Um, hunting for their targets like i think there's there should be some happy medium so that's one that's one thought
0: on the narrative there yeah Spacs generally Um, so the number two um the biggest story in tech right now and by story i mean the thing that a guy like me would write a book about 20 years from now
1: um you know it, it it might be a theme just I would think of a company that maybe up until very recently was under the under the radar it, it, it is a it is a company called rec room have you been tracking them at all no
0: not really I, uh, I know of them but not really tracking like, them so
1: yesterday the Wall Street Journal ran a story with them that they they raised at a over a billion dollar valuation and they're kind of a uh, they're kind of a Roblox right. uh, in some ways but but different but they started off in VR and then they kind of expanded into other other formats but it's also very much user generated content uh users make it all avatars interaction real time i think it's just a, it's just part of like with roblox with rec room just the whole theme of user generated content avatars metaverse uh in VR in your tablet on your pc uh really becoming a thing like i think these aren't going to be, you know, just a, a few of the companies. I think it's a, I think it's an absolute theme. And you're, you know, the, the in 20 years, Ready Player One might be very much what we're living in. Right. You in, know, in fact, like you know, we listen like Elon Musk and just talking about like where, how fast technology changes. It's actually probably harder to make an argument that that's not where we are in 20 years than it is to say that's where we're going to be.
0: Well, and, and, you know, listeners to the show have been listening along as I've been trying to get deeper into AR and VR. So like the whole Matthew Ball theory that the metaverse yeah. is finally upon us. Yeah. I, I yeah. If, it, if it's really here, then yes, that's the book that someone will write 20 years. From. Yeah, he, he said it very eloquently,
1: um, you know, in his piece, he wrote probably six months ago on, on the topic. And, uh, but, but clearly, clearly there's a movement there and it's possible that's the That's the one. It's also just, you know, it's interesting that AR VR was an area I was really, really focused on several years ago and for a while thought I might have put too much energy into that. And it wasn't really paying off, but, um, always felt good about rec room was, you know, one investment that came out of that and could just see them accelerating and following and learning, um, faster and iterating faster than we watched roblox do and and so that that you know and then now you're even seeing like a um you know a uh, a comeback in in vr like i think you had the you know what they call it? the hype cycle and the trough of disillusionment and we're kind of coming back and you know just on a mm-hmm. ski trip with them, some friends and i brought a little uh, oculus quest with me and everybody was just blown away they'd never been in VR and everybody you know loved it and uh you know again I think it's gonna you know it it and the metaverse and avatars and all that will absolutely be a thing that we're all dealing with going forward
0: uh third of the three then is the most underrated or underreported story or theme in tech right now the thing that even someone like me uh that tries to pay attention every day wouldn't have on my radar
1: you, you might've stumped me with that. Cause I think everything
0: is so completely, completely reported <laughs> at the surface. Yeah. Do you have,
1: do you have any, uh, maybe you could,
0: well, like what's something that, that needs, it, that needs more things? that, that people are sleeping on that while it's people are undervaluing that this could be yeah, the next so, big thing. Uh, so you, maybe it's more of a meta theme of
1: like, is, is technology good or bad? Or if you watch social dilemma or, you know, things that, nature you know tristan and and others um you know a lot of the facebook backlash is is really interesting and you know for my whole career i probably would have said that i was you know like a, a, a tech tech utopian right like wired magazine you know I, I really ate it and drank it and believed it was for the vast majority all for good and i think in the reality lately there's a lot of bad, right? I don't know what the breakdown is, but it's not 90-10. It might be more 60-40 good to bad, or I don't know what the right the right balance is. But I guess my point is maybe it's underrated and really important that we figure out how to make technology work for good and for our better instincts and making us smarter and better. And it isn't right now. And again, like if you if you would have asked me, if we would have done this 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 uh interview on a vhs camcorder 25 years ago and you would have told me that everyone is going to have a supercomputer in their pocket with all the world's information available for free i probably would have thought we would have been smarter or better or done more mm. with it than what we turn out to have done to ourselves and what we really actually spend time doing with it so I think there might be a—it's underreported and needed that we figure out how to point ourselves in in positive directions with uh, with all this cool technology we have.
0: Speaking of the supercomputer in your pocket, is there uh, an app that's on your, your lock screen that that maybe I wouldn't have? Something that you can't live some, some app that you would want to proselytize and, and turn people on?
1: Ah, uh, let me see. Uh can I give you a quick quick hit a couple?
0: Sure, yeah, yeah, um, absolutely.
1: I love tech meme, I also love Nuzzle. So it's right. a it's a social version of that. So what are my folks I follow reading and
0: or retweeting, favorite? yeah. yeah.
1: Retweeting, so I I find out as an interesting like news source. Um Notion, it's one of our companies, but I kind of live on it. It I I keep everything in there um and love that on the home screen and then i love music and there's a there's a high-end kind of i think it's a small niche but if you're really into high quality digital music and knowing everything about the artists you love there's a there's an app and a service called rune r-o-o-n that i bet you haven't heard of no people have and it basically just organizes all your music you have in your network connects to the high-end services like title is one of them and provides an overlay of incredible information that lets you dive ridiculously deep into the rabbit holes of every artist every genre every album and everything about them that you ever wanted um so that's you can get a free trial for 14 days if you if you want to try it out
0: on your way to financial success for comprehensive financial news and analysis visit the brand behind every great investor yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination yahoofinance.com that's yahoofinance.com uh, we'll, we'll come back to music because I want to end with that but um, let me let me squeeze one more in here which is uh, what is your tool of choice for Zen? Uh, be it exercise, meditation, drugs, legal or otherwise like if you need if you need to go to your happy place or relax or something what is it
1: Yeah, it, it's probably uh a, a workout or a Peloton or a run. It's it's something physical, physical like that. And you know, and and if it's a run, um I'm listening to some music, you know, on my on my headphones. So that's that's what would that's what would get me there
0: is there well which one should i do i'll do um what's the last book you read
1: Hmm. i could tell you because i keep a list in my notion hold on let me look at it i'm gonna i'm gonna probably go to the last good one
0: yeah probably (laughs) the wise choice
1: uh the 26 words that created the internet Ah. by jeff Kosseff is his name incredibly well done it deserves an entire book it's a uh it's a an autobiography of a law it's not even a law it's a it's a series of words and part of a section and part of a big law that that he make again you should this should be right up your alley yeah absolutely should do an episode with him of what was intended what was written how it played out how it changed and mm-hmm. And once you read that, you realize that everybody who's got an opinion on what should happen to it now has not done enough homework. Like there, there, there will be, no matter what you do to it now, there would be so many unintended consequences. And everybody's got an agenda. You know, like Facebook just came out today with what their proposal would be to amend it and fix it. Uh, And I'm sure it benefits them. And, you know, we had past presidents who wanted to just delete the whole thing completely and see what happens, you know, for their reasons. And it's so important and uh, very subtle. And uh, you want to be really careful when you when you mess with it. So that that I'd recommend that to everybody.
0: Okay, rapid fire. uh, And I'll end with the music rapid fire so we can talk about that. But um, Star Trek versus Star Wars for you.
1: Uh, I would say more Star Trek because i just I just grew up on it. I can't get as philosophical as Gary on on <laughs> the prime directive <laughs> or anything yeah. but you know just William Shatner and the guys in the red shirts and the, you know uh, that was that was my thing as a kid as a kid growing up uh Coke versus Pepsi uh coke even even occasionally the coffee Coke. It's a new thing in a can. It's twice as bad for you, but it's- You really know what?
0: I've never asked anyone this. Have you ever switched? Because I used to be a Coke person, and in the last couple of years, I've totally switched to Pepsi. No. You ever go, go back and forth? Switched. No. Yeah. I, I, feel, like, I feel like I'm most people pick one and stick with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, iOS
1: versus Android? Easy. iOS all the time. I, I, I get lost in Android. I always have a backup phone just in case, and I can never figure it out. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very all in on Apple. Mac versus PC? All oh, Mac. All oh, Mac. But uh, I have both. I, I game on a PC and VR on a PC, but I but I am a Mac person.
0: Uh Tupac versus Biggie. Uh
1: you know what? I, I would probably have to say uh Biggie, but I'm not I'm not qualified enough to give you a, a big a big just uh reason behind but either, but I all right
0: well this is maybe maybe you're more qualified for um and i'll give you the, the trifecta which is elvis versus beatles versus stones uh i would
1: go with the stones and i and i can say that with authority in the sense of uh during pandemic i bought the 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 box vinyl sets of both the beatles and the stones and went through every every album and they're both amazing but the stones is just so so completely epic and and was of my time, or at least for part of it. And uh so I would, you know, Elvis influenced them all, but I would I would pick the stones and they're still kicking, which is just like the amazing part. Can't Do you know
0: it. my answer to that is stones, and the reason why this is a generational thing, like you know, I'm I'm of that age of you know, the Beatles were just always on in my house when I was a kid, so it was in the air. Beatles weren't that and and, and I heard the early sixties stone stuff, but when I got to college and realized and started to hear the stone stuff from the 70s. Yeah. And it blew my hair back. And like, so that's why Stones is my answer for that, because I just hadn't been exposed to it. And it's amazing. It holds, it holds up so well. Yeah. Um, so speaking of music, uh, you're do you do the Clubhouse thing weekly?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh I've, I've enjoyed playing around with Clubhouse and and a group of us do a uh a weekly show or room as they call it called record house it's vinyl music music culture the music that moves you and we pick up we pick a topic every week and kind of dive deep on on it with ourselves as you know our our four or five co-hosts plus we sometimes have guests and we always we're, we're playing music and giving samples and we have an ongoing playlist uh on spotify called the record house ongoing playlist if you want to find it and you'll you know you right there you would find hundreds and hundreds of songs that we've picked our audience has picked over the last almost 30 shows that we've that we've done and it's just been a it's been a fun thing and how we you know none of us have ever met in person we all met through really in clubhouse um i'm sorry one person uh i know i knew in person but Otherwise it's all virtual and we're kind of self-organizing and figure out how we come up with topics and you know, who's leading each week and coming up with calendars. It's, it's, very it's really fun. It makes me appreciate what you do <laughs> with well, podcasts. actually and, I
0: have to say, is it Ashwin or, um, yeah, uh, Ashwin. Yeah. And, Ashwin actually was the guy that helped me figure out how to get audio into and out of clubhouse. So
1: yeah. So he, like he, we didn't know how to do that at first. Like yeah. uh, the joke was I was, uh, DJ Frey or something they called me, but I was literally holding up my iPhone to right, my right. speakers, yeah. And then Ashwin and you know, I figured it out from London, and he now has a you know a little system that plugs it, tunes it right in, and and we sound almost professional. Yeah, <laughs> now, no, you sound it, good. But it's well, uh, it's fun, and I hope you hope you'll join us. Uh, thursday at 6 30 p.m
0: yeah by the way like i was there last week but i think you were doing 73 or 74 and it's like that's not that's a little it's enough before my time that i can't i feel like i that was I right have- in
1: my that was right yeah, in my yeah, That was yeah. so i loved i love that topic
0: <laughs> let me know if you ever do something like like 1991 all right we- <laughs> <laughs> i have a lot to say about that uh okay. but um hey chris you're the best um thank you so much Thank you, Brian. Thanks for all you do for uh, the internet and tech meme
1: and everything.